the tea health show your medical lifestyle podcast brought to you by the tea clinic Good morning, this is the Tea Health Show. I'm Dr. Mark, and today we're going to talk about calories, actually. Sister Elise, who's in studio with us, as well as Nikki Robertson, our functional nutritionist that work with us, um, have decided that we really do not understand what it is that we eat and the calories that we consume. Um, Sims, yes. how did you do over the December holidays? Did you lose or gain weight? I think I gained. <laughs> okay. So one of the reasons why I wanted to discuss this specific topic um, was that over the December holidays, I lost weight. Oh, nice. But I ate more chocolates. Oh. I ate more cake. I ate bread, which I never eat. And... Um, I lost quite a bit of muscle mm-hmm. and became quite flabby everywhere um, except where I wanted to be flabby. <laughs> so, Nikki, <laughs> why does that happen? Okay. So, you know, calories are really misunderstood. You know, it's always we've always been taught move more, eat less, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll lose weight. And if only that was true. And if it was true, you and I wouldn't have a business. So everyone would just go running more and they'd eat a little bit less and they would lose weight and there wouldn't be an issue. There wouldn't be an obesity crisis if that was the truth. So why does that happen over the holidays? So you probably didn't exercise to the extent that you would have normally. No, absolutely not. I exercised by walking to the fridge and the couch. There you go. So perhaps, I don't think your, your, your calorie intake was less if you're eating lots of sugar and things like that. So you'll probably... Create eating foods that would create an energy or insulin expression. So you'd probably create more insulin. You'd probably have more fat storage. That's why you said you were flabby, but you didn't. You you lost weight, but you lost muscle weight because you mm. said, yeah. So you weren't eating the foods that build muscle and burn fat. So this is where the calorie conundrum really becomes interesting because not all calories are equal. Some calories stimulate our bodies to burn fat and some calories stimulate our bodies to store fat. And knowing the difference between the two is the difference between being healthy for life. So, Sissy Lise, this is what you <coughs> wanted to know. When you said margarine. <laughs> margarine. margarine is toxic margarine is just a chemical it's not even, shouldn't even classified as a food so margarine really if you look back where margarine came from was back in World War II when food was rationed and we couldn't get well people couldn't get butter and they couldn't get many normal commodities that we take for granted nowadays um, you know it was, it was something that was sort of created by the food industry to stand in place for for food staples like butter and lard that people were used to using. And what it is, it's um, it's a vegetable oil that's been hydrogenated, so it stays solid and it looks like butter and it spreads really easily, so you can keep it in the fridge and it spreads on bread and we developed a taste for it over time, but it is just chemicals and it's not good for us at all. Uh, so it doesn't, you know, I wouldn't say margarine is something you would worry about if we're talking about calories, but if you're worried or concerned about your long-term health and your cardiovascular health and your brain health and your uh, hormonal health in the long term, you want to stay away from things that are highly processed. And margarine is one of those highly processed, chemically laden, artificial foods that we shouldn't be eating as a species. Okay, now I want to go back and and initially our topic was good calories and bad calories. Mm. 
And what Mark said now is he lost weight. He lost lean muscle weight, according to all that we know. Why is that important? Right. So when because you eat if food, I lose kilograms, I feel good. Of Doesn't course. matter okay. where no, I lose but, it. Uh, Elise, when you say that, can I just ask, Nikki, explain calories. What are calories? Okay. Calories is a measurement. Calories is a measurement. Calories is a guesstimate, not even a measurement. So Of what? Of, of energy. energy. Of energy. So we've got 100 grams of food, any food. And when we eat that, we get energy. So it enables so us to So that's move. the metabolism. In other words, that's when we it's take this value. food, mm. um, process it through the body. Yes. In other words, burn it. Yes. <clears throat> and the amount of energy that we can create from that yeah. in our mitochondria. Exactly. So it's not a case of like you plug your cell phone into the wall and you get energy. What happens when you eat this food is your metabolism does something with this food. So it there's a whole biochemical process that happens when we eat food and some foods stimulate. So you, you've got 100 calories of chocolate that you're going to ingest that. It's going to give you energy, but it's going to increase the amount of insulin your pancreas excretes, expresses. And when we are expressing too much insulin, your body is signaled to store fat, specifically around the belly. And when that happens, we're going to express more cortisol and it's going to create a cascade of other hormonal influences that are going to put you in a metabolic state where you're going to store fat rather than burn it. Now, if we took that same 100 calories and we got it from a piece of steak or a piece of tuna, you would be creating muscle mass. So that those calories would be broken down into amino acids. They're not very efficient energy producers. So protein isn't efficient when it comes to creating energy. It would, if the body has no other source of energy, it would turn those amino acids into energy. But its primary function is to build tissue. So you consuming that 100 calories worth of meat, for example, you're creating muscle mass. That muscle mass is energy hungry. Now your body is more efficient at burning up those calories. So you get on the scale the next day and you've eaten the same amount of calories, person A, person B. Person A is eating the chocolate calories, person B is eating the protein calories. They'll get on the scale the next day and the scale may not have changed for either of those people, but your genes will have changed. So that button is tighter on the person who's eaten the chocolate calories and looser on the person who's eaten the protein calories. Now, what happens over time is if the more muscle you build, the more efficient you become at using those calories. So the more you can eat without putting on fat so and the better you look in the mirror. It's not a short-term solution. There's no short-term solution. Okay. I'm, I'm going back to my, my mm. remark now because if I need energy now, I need it now. Yes. And there's better calories to have than, say, the okay. sugar. So, And it's a combination of having the proteins, the fats, and the carbs. carbs. Not to say carbs are bad. And you know, carbs, people don't, people, everyone eats carbs. We need carbs. We need fats. We need protein. We all need energy right through the day. But it's the combinations of those macronutrients together that enable the body to use them efficiently. But if we go and eat the chocolate for energy, it's a disaster. Mm -hmm. So let's take a look. Sims, do you, do you know what the difference is between macronutrients and micronutrients? Oh, no, sir. <laughs> okay. So, Stilis, um, do you want to venture a guess? Because I have no idea what the micronutrients... I, I'm thinking it's your minerals. Yeah, vitamins, your... Okay. minerals. So, minerals, compounds. trace elements, yes. amino acids, blah, blah, blah. And it breaks blah, blah, down blah. from macronutrients, which is your... Your big stuff. or your... Your water. carbs, fats, and proteins are your macros. Yeah. So, Nikki, obviously, we need to discuss 
which are the good food sources? And I think you've done that in a broad sense where we know that protein is good for us. Mm -hmm. Difference between carbohydrates and fats, mm -hmm. which one is better? In my opinion, fats are better than carbohydrates. Well, I think both are really important and it depends on that person's metabolism and depends on where you are in life. And it depends on whether you're male or female. And male, men and women respond very differently to different macronutrients as they age, where they are in life, how much testosterone they have, uh, how active they are. But we need all of these things to be really healthy. So as an energy source, some people are really efficient at using fats for energy and other people are really efficient at using carbs. Okay. But it also depends on where your glucose, your base, your fasting glucose is at the time. So if you are, if you tend to be insulin resistant, if you're diabetic, it is much healthier for you, especially in the short term, to try and get your body to use fats as energy. Okay. If you're a growing child, if you're a teenager, if you're a very active individual. But are you talking body fat or consuming fat? Consuming, um, consuming fat. fat. So okay. dietary fat that you eat. Okay. So if you're going to go and eat you know, avocados and nuts and olive oil and that as your primary energy source, it's very difficult for the body to use that as a primary energy source. We still need some carbohydrate. But if your body fat percentage is in the 20s, you should be using a, more of a, a little bit more carbohydrate for energy. So again, it's very, very individual. So we get these diets like the ketogenic diet and suddenly the craze is stop eating carbs, we should be eating fats. Everyone does this. It works no, for 20% of the people. It was for old, um, which came first, banting or was it, um, yeah, it was banting, banting yeah. and then keto yeah, and then carnival. Yeah. Those are the, that's the fad trend, yeah. And nothing's cut and dry in, re in reality. So this is what we see on social media. This is what the fads are. This is what people say they're following. In reality, no one's really doing any of these in a Puritan form. So Why do you I, need fat in your diet? You need fat to create hormones. You need cholesterol. fat for your brain to function. Yeah. You need to Look, create cholesterol. 70% uh, of your brain mass is fat. Okay, but simple for the layperson. 70% of your brain mass is fat, yeah. and it needs fat to fuel it. So if we look at the nutrient or, or, or yeah, the energy that the brain needs, it comes from glucose and ketones. So um, because it's, it's, it's fatty tissue, the best absorption of energy happens through the, the fat side. Fat mixes with fat. Fat doesn't mix with water. water. So for brain health, you need fat. I, you know what, at the end of last year, we spoke about why people are battling to lose weight. And I want to ask one simple, stupid question. Um, I tried, because of my diverticulosis, um, about a year, year and a half ago, uh, the carnivore diet, where mm. I literally just tried to eat meat. Mm. I managed for two days and I said, I cannot do this. Number one, I love salads. Sure. But number two, I started feeling tired and fatigued. Mm -hmm. um, but my, my meats uh, contain fat. I ate fatty fish like salmon and tuna, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought I was getting in enough fat. Mm -mm. Um, but I, it, it was absolutely not sustainable. Mm -mm. And everyone's different. And 
when somebody comes to me and they go, I really want to try this carnivore kind of eating and there's a place for it. And when I initially started putting people onto it, it was, I was very skeptical and very nervous of doing this. But the results I've seen, and not just from a weight loss point of view, but from a general biomarkers of health point of view, have been staggeringly exceptional. I mean, I, I, it's insane what happens to the body. I, I think a lot of people are scared of fats because we've been drilled with Fats elevates cholesterol and it's bad for cardiovascular health. Sure. And there are a subset of people who have elevated LDL that they just don't manage animal fats as efficiently as, say, the next person. So okay. So when that. we talk about LDL, we talk about a part of cholesterol, low-density lipoproteins, mm -hmm. which is considered to be the bad cholesterol. Um, I just want to uh, reiterate here, when we look at a cholesterol count. In my practice, we always do a full lipogram for one simple reason. It's about the distribution between the different parts of cholesterol, your HDL, high-density lipoprotein, which is considered to be good cholesterol, mm. LDL, VLDL, which we don't use a lot anymore. You know, it, I, I, mm. we, we used to be able to request it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't see that on the request forms mm. anymore. Mm. And then your triglycerides. Mm. But what we look at is the ratio between specifically HDL cholesterol and your total cholesterol count. Um, we know that in metabolic disease, it's not just that the cholesterol elevates. It's that the HDL, the good cholesterol, starts dropping. Yeah. And your triglycerides starts increasing yes. and there's a tipping point ldl uh, hdl cholesterol below one mm -hmm. and triglycerides above 1.7 irrespective of your total cholesterol which determines whether this forms part of metabolic disease mm -hmm. um, and if you put any kind of insulin resistance with that you know what that's the cornerstone of developing hypertension, diabetes, weight gain, which is the cluster of symptoms or conditions that's associated with metabolic disease. We've discussed that at length. You just grab something, explain. I can't mention a patient's name, obviously, but I got this result yesterday. And this is a 60-year-old male who, within four months of staying on a predominantly Mediterranean, tending towards a carnivore type of diet eating plan, I want to use it, say diet, he has gone from an insulin level of 28 to 7. Sure. No meds. When we, where was the glucose? Glucose was sitting about 9, now it's sitting at 5.9. So months, this guy no was meds. that a fasting glucose? Fasting glucose. So he was a diabetic, diabetic. through and through. 28 insulin, <laughs> glucose was at 9. Now what he was is, his cholesterol levels? Right, got those as well. So total cholesterol was originally 5.6, now it's 3.9. He's eating animal fat. Triglycerides were sitting at 2.6, now they're 1.5. Sure. LDL That's was 3.7, now it's 2.6. We're still working on that. But this man has but given himself 10 years of life. Just changing At least, his did his HDL... Cholesterol? Not yet. So that's where okay. we're working. So that's where we are fish oils and we're working on those omegas. healthy omegas, but big dose. Uh, just changing those ratios of fat slightly, but this is phenomenal. But 
you know, this was somebody who came into the practice and he wasn't ready to, he, you know, people say they're ready to go on a diet. Everyone's ready to go on a diet. But are you ready to do work? Are you ready to get down and dirty and stop the nonsense and just eat food? And that's what happens when you do that, when your mind is made up. It just changes everything. Did this patient lose weight? 15 kilos. In what what? time period? In four months. And eight of those are fat. Eight kilos of fat. Yeah, it's very interesting. I read uh, a paper that was... That's actually scary. Half of it was muscle. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and this is fat. this is what I want to say. I read um, and I passed that article on to both of you. I think um, where when we lose weight, we need to understand that you're going to le- lose, gonna uh, lose body, uh, a lean body mass as well, and therefore, when it comes to embarking on a weight loss journey. Uh, people think that they have to do cardiovascular exercise, mm-hmm. they have to run or they have to swim or something like that. You're going to lose weight. In other words, you're going to lose muscle as well. So you need the weight training at least mm. 50% of your tra- at least 50% of your training program should be intensive weight training to keep the muscles and the bones strong because um, – you, we lose too much lean muscle. What happens when you lose the lean muscle is you decrease your base metabolic rate. Mm. Uh, muscle needs energy. And if you lose muscle, you need less energy. So as well as bringing down your calorie intake, your body needs less. And that slows down your weight loss um, journey and eventually you're going to plateau because you're losing more muscle than you're losing fat you need the, the, the muscle mass to start overtaking to, to um, burn the fat so from the for the next four months we focus on muscle uh, on weight training upping the protein upping those anti-inflammatory fats so we'll see less overall weight loss but we'll see, start seeing muscle gains now okay so my, that was my question did he do exercise no too big period? To okay. train. So now we are, I mean, 15 kilos of fat down, we can start upping the training. Now we'll start seeing the muscle gains. So, you know what? I, my patients that are obese, patients that weigh 110, 130, 150, we mm-hmm. had some of that in the practice. I agree with you that most of them are too heavy to train, uh, you know, they really battle with joint pain, especially ankles, knees, and hips. Um, They can't walk. They definitely can't run. Mm. They really can't cycle. Mm. What I tell those patients to do is get in your pool, walk in your pool. I don't want you to swim. I actually want you to walk in the pool for one simple reason. Think about the heaviest animals on the planet. They're whales, Okay. They weigh, a blue whale weighs up to 200 tons. It's buoyant because of the fat. Mm-hmm. Um, if I put you in water, I can easily pick up a 150 kilogram person. Easy. Very easy mm. to pick them up. So when you walk in water, number one, you take the weight off your joints because you basically weigh three. But the, the thing that you are doing is you're walking and exercising against resistance. resistance. 
So you make your 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 body surface as big as possible against the water mm -hmm. and you walk against it. You will have no joint pain, but my God, within two laps, you're going to be tired. <laughs> yeah. Just think about little kids. And we all saw it this summer. Um, by five o'clock in the afternoon after a day in the pool, it was Quite. bliss because all of them were sleeping <laughs> until six o'clock the next morning when they wake up and went back to the pool. Yes. Um, so exercising against water. I, I know for a lot of people it's very daunting because not everyone has a pool at home. Um, and, you know, going to walk in the pool at the gym, yeah, but try it. You will, you will see how the centimeters and i want to call it centimeters yeah. just drop away no, i completely agree and people who are obese they are highly inflamed and when you start training even if you're not obese it hurts i mean dumbs hurts and if you are inflamed and obese it's going to hurt more and that really puts people off training now, if you really saw all the time and exhausted you're not going to want to do it so I really, like, if we can just get a lot of the weight off first, you can feel good about yourself and know that things are working and do some gentle exercise to begin with. Then we can start going bigger on the training afterwards. Okay, but let's go back to the calories. Okay. Yes. I want to know, if I don't take enough fat, yeah. what symptoms will I present? What do you think? Fatigue, um, brain fog, definitely. Hormone imbalance. Uh, hormone imbalance. Remember, all you... Uh, the majority of your hormones, steroid hormones specifically, which make up your sex hormones, um, come from cholesterol. So you need the fat. Um, we cannot live, live without cholesterol. And the debate um, in the medical fraternity or amongst the medical fraternity now is how bad is cholesterol or raised cholesterol for you? Um, and that debate is ongoing. Just think um, when I was first diagnosed at the age of 16 with familial hypercholesterolemia, we were not allowed any eggs. Mm -hmm. We were not allowed any red meat. We were only allowed chicken and fish. You know, but at the age of 16, my cholesterol was 13. Um, my father had his first heart attack at the age of 40. And currently, my brother, who's not even 50, is the oldest male ever having to be in our family. Um, so now we are encouraged to eat eggs. Um, so it's, it's, you need the good fats, you need the good proteins. Um, so your symptoms are predominantly hormone-based. And skin. Uh, changes in your hormones. Obviously Dry skin. Dry skin. Your, remember, um, your cell membranes are a double lipid layer. And again, um, lipids allow the transport of nutrients far more efficiently than water. Um, it keeps water in because water and oil doesn't mix. So it, that's what forms your cell membrane and your skin cells. Mm. So you, you need the fats. You need the fats. I want to ask a question. We know the three macro groups, proteins, fats, carbohydrates. So to circle back to what Elise 
I think, wanted to know. This is my understanding of it. How do we know which of the proteins are good calories? Mm-hmm. Um, which of your f- good calories comes from what fats? Okay. Uh, before we get to the carbohydrates, mm-hmm. because rice and rice and potatoes, potatoes. Uh, debate which one is better. Mm-hmm. I've never seen fat Chinese people and Indian people. Maybe it's other factors, mm-hmm. but I have seen, um, you know, what fat potato people. Sure. So, well, um, yeah. how do we decide that? Sister Lisa, mm. basically, I, I do want to know. I think we must take every single group, food group, and decide what is your good carbs and your bad carbs. Good proteins, sure. bad proteins, okay. and why. So and how does it influence your energy sure. of the day? Okay, so let's look at protein. So we talk about processed food, and we say to people, you know, people say, well, protein's bad. But they're not talking about protein that comes out of a fish or a cow or a egg they they're referring to the protein you find in that mcdonald's burger that's not protein that's processed food so when that source of protein that meat has been has gone through a factory and has been combined with other things and um, to make it stick together and make it more tasty and to make it fattier and to create a, a different flavor profile that is no longer food as it occurs in nature that is now a factory created product for a consumer and unfortunately that is what dominates our supermarkets, it dominates our restaurants, that's what we've been conditioned to eat. So that's what we think protein is. Protein is a whole chicken. Protein is the steak. And it still looks like it came off, you know, an animal. Uh, it's fish. It's eggs. It's as it appears in you'd You'd recognize it as it appears in nature. So, so it's that simple principle. If you can't see how it was grown or what it raised. was when it was raised... Yeah. Don't eat it. It's bad. That's the thing. But now we have another layer of complexity here. We have animals that are factory raised. So we have cows that are brought up in a mass farming environment and they're fed Are these the ones grains. that stand in the little corral? Pens. Yes. They don't eat grass. They're given they grains. grains with hormones with and hormones antibiotics. And, and canola oil and all sorts of things that make them fat fast and make them retain water so they can be slaughtered young and sent off to market as young as possible. There was an interesting um, thing that I want to ask when it comes to eggs, for instance, mm. and chickens. Mm. Um, Elise, do you remember we had one of the biggest um, poultry farmers and egg producers uh, in the country as a patient of ours. <laughs> and um, he brought us eggs to the office yeah, once a month. Yeah. And um, he said to me, you never, ever buy free-range eggs mm-hmm. for one simple reason. Do you want to venture a guess, Sims? Um, no. <laughs> do, you know, do you know the difference between free-range and pen Actually, no. I used to think free range was like in the field and running around and just happy little creatures. But the difference, (laughs) the the difference he said to us is free range, run around in little pens. It's not as if they literally in the open field. They're in pens, but they run around and they eat what they can find. But because they're standing in their own filth. They have to be, they are given antibiotics. So your chickens that are in laying boxes 
those boxes are clean, you know, but um, the, the, the poo and the feces and the urine and stuff fall through. So they are far more healthy and they don't need hmm. antibiotics, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and for me, that was like, oh, my God. Okay, so there's truth and there's a little bit of sales pitch going on <laughs> here. So there's this guy trying to, like, make sure that you stay his customer here. So it is true what he's saying. So when we see, when you go to a nice, expensive little shop and buy our eggs and it says free range on it, it means that the door is open for the chickens to run out, but the food is inside. So they're going to stay inside and, yes, they are going to walk around in the feces. And they're going to stay where the food is because have you seen what chickens do? They like to eat all day. I like me. So then you've got real free range. Now, that's all you need to call it free range. You have to open the door. You're allowed to put free range on the box. It's legal. It's not true. It's like that is just, it's just like it's misleading the public. It really is. Real free range, organic farmers, your farmers like Farmer Angus in the Cape, there's many of these places. They take the chick, they take the chicken coop away for the day. There is no chicken coop for these hens to sit in. They take it away on a tractor and these hens are in a green field and they're eating slugs and they're eating bugs and they're sitting in So trees. they literally have to fend for themselves. Yes. They're not fed. And they roost and their muscles work and they play. And if you go into that field, they'll come up to you and say, where's my food? They'll actually be quite friendly. Okay. In the evening, they bring the chicken coop back. The hens get in. They go to sleep. And in the morning, they pop their eggs out. The chicken coop goes away with the eggs and mm. off they go. They're not sitting in chicken poop all day long at all. That is a real free-range bird, and that's a healthy bird. That's a bird that lives three, four years. The bird, the layers that live in the pens, they don't live very long. They don't even get up and they don't see sunshine. So it is, it's terrifying, and it's not nice. What they feed the layers are not foods that chickens should be eating. Chickens are birds. Birds eat bugs and slugs, okay? They should be eating seeds and everything on the ground. And that becomes what we eat when we eat those chickens and when we eat those eggs. So if you go and get a nice free-range egg from a supermarket and it smells like fish, and they do, and they're disgusting, it's because they've been feeding them uh, cornmeal and they've been feeding them canola oil. Is this Mm. why, you know, one of my pet hates Mm. is if you make something with egg and you wash the bowl Mm. and it still stinks of egg. It still stinks. And that's because they've been eating canola grain and that rots in the chicken's stomach. So chickens are not supposed to eat canola, neither are we. And it rots in the stomach of the chicken and then you smell it in the eggs and you smell it in the chicken and you open that chicken packet and everything honks. But a proper organic chicken that has been acting like a bird for all its happy life doesn't smell and the, the eggs don't smell either. So that's your acid test to know whether it's I, I, So my family um, come from Lim- or stay in Limpopo. So what we did one morning um, was... We took them to Jackson's Mm -hmm. for breakfast. So people who don't know Jackson's, Jackson's is a whole organic food store here in Johannesburg. There's a couple of them around. But people that come from rural areas like Limpopo, Mokopani, they're not confronted with these kinds of Mm -hmm. stores. (laughs) And um, just to be funny, I asked them, what do you pay for a chicken at Rainbow Chicken's? Because they usually buy their chickens. So, yeah, maybe it's 60 or 70 rand. Mm-hmm. So we walked through Jackson's and we went and to the chickens. And number one, the chickens actually look like 
baby um, turkeys. <laughs> um, it's it's really big chickens, <laughs> and um, you know what they cost. 300 bucks a chicken. That's a massive chicken. Yeah, but it's, you know what I like? I said to them, have you ever seen a chicken of like this? And it's like, oh my God, how do you guys pay this? But you know, not that I would buy the chicken. I really do think it's a bit overpriced. But you know, it it is like a bloody turkey. That's a real problem we have. I mean, as normal medium salary people. And that's the thing. We can't afford those foods. You but also we are not given all the information. We've been given these things that say free range, low carb, high protein, good for you. We think the store has our best interests at heart. We take it at face value. Especially, and we get fat. Uh, you know, but especially the um, very popular Santon yeah. um, grocery store with the black bags. That's yes. seven that round one. a bag. <laughs> I won't name names. No, don't name names, but it does. It creates an impression that everything in there is really good for you. And, yes, the quality is probably very good. But yeah, but it's it not, also it's never misleading. spoils. It never spoils. For, so, okay, so if I'm, it never spoils, it cannot be <laughs> I'm not a fan healthy. of that store, but I'll tell you why it doesn't spoil, because they're very clever with temperature control. So they have but it doesn't spoil my fridge for weeks. Which is a different that is a temperature. Problem too. That's a problem too. Have, yeah. have you ever well, seen I'm their fruit? If I can go into that store and I buy it and it lasts me a month because it's expensive. <laughs> but you know what? Have you have you ever seen uh, – sorry, Willies. Have you ever <laughs> seen <laughs> Willies f- fruit spoil? No, it takes no. a long time. It never spoils. But <laughs> you, have, like, you seen, um, another... have you seen fruit and veggies fruit spoil within two days? Yeah. And what is the difference? I'll tell you. I was married to someone who, who grew – peppers for Spa and Woolworths and Checkers. And he said to me, the problem is they pick the peppers in the morning at four o'clock in the morning when it's five degrees. Okay. They put them on a truck and they send the trucks to one the market. Tr- to the market. No, some, some of them go to the market, but directly to the distributor. So it depends on the, on which shop is buying from you. So if Woolworths okay. is buying from you, they send their truck and their truck is a fridge and they wash and they pack and they put it in the store the same day. It doesn't even the temperature does not change. Okay. okay. If you send it to the spa, by lunchtime, your peppers are still sitting on the back of that truck, and by then they're starting to wizen. They're starting to go soft. And those peppers are going to be sitting on that shelf for two weeks before somebody picks them up. So by the time it hits your fridge, you've got 24 hours to eat them before you can throw them away. He says it's just that they don't control the journey from the farm to the plates. And that's the trick. So if it's really controlled and it's, done in a super hygienic, super temperature-controlled environment, yes, it's going to last longer in your fridge. But very often the, 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 the supermarket have absolute no control over what's going on with what's okay. happening here. Okay. So we're running out of time and we haven't answered Lisa's question. So <laughs> we, we're looking at proteins, okay? The proteins we know that come to mind, pork, chicken, beef, uh, game like ostrich, um, venison, uh, fish, obviously, eggs. Can Which I add ones? like a spanner in the works? Mm, I yeah. know, bolton. Mm. Ah. We are so fortunate in this country to have portable protein 
Boltong's great. It's such okay. a good snack, especially if it's you know, free-range venison boltong that hasn't seen a hormone in its life. Mm-hmm. It's an animal that actually never knew what hit it when it was probably shot by a bow hunter. It never had a stress hormone through its body. This is superfood, and we are so lucky to have boltong. So on yeah. boltong, mm. beef or game? Game. Game. For the one Better. reason that there's no hormones, no antibiotics, it's completely free-range, grass-fed, it's a perfect food. If that cow was grown grown up in a field and never saw an antibiotic or was completely raised on grass, it's the same as the venison. That's the only the only way that you get that biltong is if you go and get biltong from um, a guy who lives on a farm and who slaughters and yeah. makes his own bolton. You do not get that in a shop. Yeah, you don't get, you just don't find it. I have to be honest, mm. the pick and pay on oh, William no. Nickel has the best bloody bolton, but you know, but for quantities, it cannot be like free range no, bolton, but it's, it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, fish, chicken, calorie. Oh, from a calorie point of view, makes no difference. It's okay. it's, again, it's how that animal was raised. So if this is fish that is wild caught, it lived in the ocean, it was pole caught. It's clean. It hasn't been contaminated with microplastics. We are living in a minefield when it comes to food mm-hmm. nowadays. There's so much contamination out there. Steak versus mince. Ostrich. <laughs> I don't know. Ostriches used to be a really good protein, but now they farmed like everything else. Okay. So I'd rather go for the grass-fed steak from Jackson's. Grass-fed steak. Yeah. Okay. Um, mince. Steak versus mince. Same thing. It's a- but the calorie count's going to change because of the fat. Depends. Depends on, on the cut of meat that they use to mince. So, again, no, it doesn't really doesn't necessarily change. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, let's go over to okay, one Okay, okay. Bourevosh, pork sausages. Okay, how it's made. Who made it? Who put what filler in there? So, you've got to know where it came from and who's manufacturing it. Okay, but nowadays they do put on the labels. Then bourevosh. Okay. Yeah. Bourevosh. I think I pork sausages would be more processed. Yeah. And okay. I don't think it's pork meat. I think it's pork offcuts. Definitely pork offcuts and plenty filler. Unless you get it from Doggle, one of these places where you just know what's going into there. Okay, let's go over mm. to the fats. <laughs> um, full fat, low fat. I always start people on full fats and see how we go. If we're not winning and we're not losing weight, we cut the calories by going low fats. So that's where we start moderating Thank calories. Thank you for that. Uh, hold on. Um, <laughs> low fat versus full fat carbohydrate content. Okay, so we've got a Full fat has lower carbohydrates mm-hmm. than low fat. Okay, so the reason why. So we, we work out car- calorie and carbohydrate content on 100 mils. So it's 100 mil, 100 mil. We've got a full fat. We take out the fat. We've got to fill that up again to get to 100 moles. We're filling it up with zip, with no fat, so we're going to have more more carbohydrate calories. You're not putting sugar in. Just by the fact that there's now no fat, your 100 moles is going to be taken up by more sugar. Huh. Lactose. There's not, no one adds sugar to milk unless you're making a milkshake. Processed like your long-life milk versus fresh milk. Okay, so what you do is to process milk or to make it long life, you boil it. That's all you do. So you boil it and then you put it into a sterile package. What is so the UHD no oxygen, process? Ultra high temperature. So it's okay. boiled even longer and put into a sterile package. So, just, so there's no oxygen in there to make it go off. Again, there's no chemicals in there. So, so it's um, not bad for it's you. It's just cooked milk. It's not okay. bad for you. Does it break bad. down your... 
protein. Doesn't no. it break down the yeah, lactose? Yeah, it will break down the protein. But it's okay. not bad. So thing. the other one, uh, lactose-free milk versus full-fat milk. So I went and investigated this last year, and they just they literally take out the lactose sugar. So they so they take it out it. by fermenting, spinning it, spinning it. That's all they do. So again, no chemicals are involved. The more chemicals you put into a process, the higher the price of that product becomes. Mm. So you don't want to put import costs into any product if you can help it. So you separate it out. Okay, let's go to the cheese. Sourdough breed. No, that's carbohydrate. Wait. <laughs> versus rye whole wheat bread well again who's making it so whole wheat bread depends who's making it so if you've got mass produced products you want to put humectants and shelf stabilizers in there to make sure that it doesn't go off within two days because then no one's going to buy bake it. your own bread bake your own bread you're always safer sourdough has been fermented so the start of the thing that makes it rise is, is, is a fermentation process which breaks down the gluten in the bread which is more digestible for most people. So it's much of a muchness. It depends on that person's body and what you can digest. I'd always go sourdough. Mm. Whole wheat, I think, is a bit of a nonsense story. Okay. So when we look at fats again, cheese and dairy mm-hmm. is a combination of carbohydrates, your, your sugars, your, mm. your, your lactose, mm. and then fats. Mm. Okay? And protein. Um, so which cheeses... Should we eat or can we eat if we want to calorie count or calorie restrict? So if we're really worried about calories, then you go your low-fat cottage cheese, your feta cheese. Your low-fat cottage cheese. If we're looking Not at calories. Low-fat. Ca- yeah, so we're purely looking at calories. So if we add fat, we've got more calories, we've got more energy units. And if a person isn't losing weight and we want to quickly you know, speed up that weight loss Process, we want to cut calories, we will go on to low fats. So, your low fat cottage cheese, I'm going to go fat free, it tastes terrible, but low fat cottage cheese, low fat feta, feta is a great source of protein. That would be a better option. So, your fermented cheeses, the cheeses where we don't add, again, stabilizers, colorants, and all those things, are just going to be better for you in the long term. Halloumi? Full of fat, high fat. Lovely. Good, good to eat or bad to eat? I think eat it. Eat it, but don't eat it every day and don't eat a whole slab of halloumi. You know, don't eat it as a protein source. So where we've got vegetarians, vegans, they go, oh, I'm eating halloumi for, for protein. You're eating fat. That's 78 to 85% fat. There's very little protein in there. So know that when you're eating something like halloumi, that's a lot of fat there. Hope you're going for a run afterwards. You're going to need to use that up somewhere. Goda versus cheddar. Same thing. Yeah, Same thing, processed, there's... highly processed. So, yeah. Nikki, is it safe to say that go for the white cheeses more than the, the yellow cheeses? Or it's, 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 doesn't that make... I don't think that really makes a big difference. I think, you know, if you, you look at some of these cheeses that come in these little plastic cellophane packets and they don't even melt. You put them on a burger and they still hold their shape. There's yes. something wrong with that. But that's processed that's cheese. Huge. That's not even cheese. I mean, if you look at the ingredients, it'll give you things you can't even pronounce. And that's not – it looks like cheese. It's marketed as cheese. That's but it's not cheese. Yeah, that's the stuff. thing. Cheese is milk and it's a bit of rennet to, to make it ferment. And that's it. I mean, if it has more ingredients than that, it's not cheese. Okay. So the fewer ingredients, the better as a rule of thumb, whatever you're you can, doing. You can very 
simply make your own cheese. Which one is it? Ricotta. Yeah, you can make. Uh, you can very easily make ricotta, which is very healthy for mm. you because it's full milk. But it doesn't with, work on a toasted sami. But no. have it on a rice cake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> carbohydrates. Mm. Here, it <clears throat> it becomes, I think, uh, a, a little more tricky. Very tricky here. Mm. Carbohydrate-rich foods are what? Your grains? Sure, your tuber your, vegetables, so your underground, your root veg veggies. So this is your potatoes, your sweet potatoes, onions. Carrots, Not so much carrots. onions. Onions are quite high in sugar. Your carrots, your pumpkins, all your fruit. Beetroot. Fruit or sugar. Anything that goes underground, anything sweet. So anything that has a sweet factor is a carbohydrate. So that's just about everything. Okay. When people say they're not eating carbs, like that's impossible. You must be like eat, living on fresh air. Um, <laughs> any grain is a carb, um, including rice. People don't absolutely. Uh, rice is a grain. Rice is pure glucose. Pure glucose. I mean, it's no secret that the Indian population has the highest percentage of diabetes in the world. Yeah, so our, our Indians have more diabetes than anyone else. So it's got nothing to do with genetics. It's got everything to do with the volume of, of rice they're eating um, in relation to the proteins and everything else. So, you know what, I, I know and we've seen this. Um, if I go to gym, I hear the trainers around me putting people on diet. Now you have to have brown rice and broccoli. and Sure. What's the difference between brown rice, black rice, basmati rice, tastic rice? Ah, so it's negligible. So brown rice maybe has a little bit more nutrient value, maybe has a little bit more Nutrient fiber. value in the form of vitamins and minerals? Yeah, or, but it's negligible. It's or, not, or calories? No, it's, from a calorie point of view, it's negligible. From a glycemic response point of view, it depends on the individual. So it was once thought that anything brown would give you a lower glycemic response. We know this that's is including not true. oats, including oats, any grain. So the only way you know is if you put a continuous glucose monitor in your arm and you eat those oats, and two hours later you see what your glucose is doing in response to those oats, or the brown rice, or the white rice, yeah. and then you see what your body's doing. Because we know this is highly variable depending on the individual, depending on their age, depending on their uh, muscle mass, depending Six. on their endocrine system. Yeah. It's so many variables. To say okay. that one thing is good and one thing's bad is silly because it doesn't work like that. And and I That's think, very I, I, I think think if mm. if we can take this away, mm. um, one of the reasons we wanted to do this show is exactly this point which you you make now. A diet that works for one person mm. will not necessarily work for his genetically identical twin because of the difference in the microbiome. Absolutely. And the diet that worked for you when you were 25 might not work for you when you're 35. Oh, a diet that worked for me in my, in my 20s with chocolates, chips and alcohol. <laughs> yes. Um, and you know what? I, had, uh, I was active. I had a very low fat percentage. I could eat what I want. But, so, but doesn't that also um, give you an indication, that diet that we all did when we were younger, mm -hmm of how you're going to battle when you're older. It does. And what we're seeing nowadays, and this is the topic of my next book, is what we do prior to puberty is going to set us up for the rest of our yes. lives. 
So if we have kids that are putting on body fat and have got little bellies before they hit puberty, their chance of hitting, getting diabetes as they get older past puberty is much higher than those kids who do gymnastics and who are very active and who eat protein and have lower body fat percentage before puberty. So I can blame my mother. We can all my blame brother my was the skinny malinky little thing with a six pack since he was born. Yeah, and. You know what my mother always said to me, from the age of three weeks, all I did, and I slept in my own room from three weeks old, was because I slept through all I did was eat and sleep. Um, and I was a little fat butterball. Um, so it's her fault, not mine. It's her fault. Okay. So when it comes to <clears throat> choosing carbs, we know refined sugar out. Sugar actually out completely. Yeah, it doesn't serve a purpose. I mean, yeah, no, there's no reason. There's no reason for human beings there's, to go eat sugar. There's so much sugar added to the stuff that we buy mm. in a can, in a packet, mm. in any case, that we really shouldn't be consuming sugar. We now, are going to live on air, sounds to me. <laughs> so how do we, sugar versus artificial sweeteners? Mm. So, no, I mean, artificial sweeteners, I mean, as we learn more about them, we realize how they upset the microbiome, how they create Well, we know that aspartame has now been classified as a carcinogenic. Yeah, and at, when it gets to a certain temperature, it converts to acetone. So, who so would yeah, I might as well drink na nail polish exactly. remover. Exactly. So, so we, you can't cook with it? No, you really shouldn't be cooking with it. You really shouldn't okay. be cooking with it. Now, oh. the stuff like xylitol and stevia... So, Better or basically still the same? Stevia is more natural. Stevia is natural. Uh, there but it are, tastes like it's crap. It's terrible. Ugh. Xylitol, besides being f like really poisonous for animals, so if you have xylitol in your home, make sure your dogs don't go near it. It'll cause liver failure. But for many people, it causes um, an overgrowth of bacteria in the gut. That causes so diabetes. A, a dysbiosis. Dysbiosis. Um, it's interesting. Yesterday, Elisa, I spoke to you guys about the new studies that they're doing on the brain-gut um, <clears throat> axis, which is all about this direct effect about, and we spoke about this at length on, on shows, what happens in the gut, how it affects the brain mm. because of the microbes that live in the brain. Mm. So, In the gut. Uh, in the gut, sorry. Thank you. Um <laughs> Vegetables, mm -hmm. which are the good ones, which are the bad ones, or is it also individual? It's also and individual. the same with fruits. It's also individual, and again, it depends on the gut. So people with dysbiosis <coughs> can't digest vegetables to the extent that other people who are, have normal functioning healthy guts, and there's very few people who do. So it, again, it's very individual. And in some individuals, certain vegetables have they block absorption of iron. Uh, so there's, it's, a, it's again, it can be really, really tricky. The one thing you haven't asked is honey versus sugar. That's a question I get all the time. It's, it's the same. I, I, I had to learn that the hard way and getting rid of Wait, my Wait, what? Honey. It's the same. <laughs> oh, yeah. Honey so, versus maple syrup. Oh, maple syrup. Uh, if, pure maple syrup. Like 400 Canadian. rand a gram Canadian syrup. It's the same. It's just a sugar. sugar. <laughs> it's just sugar. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, bees. <laughs> um, Nikki, fruits. Mm. <clears throat> we know that... We are encouraged to eat five portions of fruits and vegetables per day. Mm. Now, number one, what is a portion? 
Exactly. What is a portion? My portion is different to your portion. And if given a kid half the chance, you think they're going to choose the fruits over the, the vegetables over the fruit, they're going to go for the bananas. So no, I mean, who said five is applicable to everybody? It makes me crazy. These generalized guidelines are really what get people in trouble. So no, um, there's a place for everything. But if you have uh, like insulin resistance or you're diabetic, the fruit is not going to be your friend. And if you're really craving fruit, your low-sugar fruits like the berries are probably your best choice. But maybe once a day in conjunction with some lean protein to moderate that glucose expression. So again, it's like what's going on in your biochemistry and how do we feed your body appropriately? So basically, don't eat your oats with fruit. No. Eat, eat your, rather have... Have your whey protein shake or your eggs before your oats to... Control your glucose, I had then that, eat your oats. It's then eat gone oats. now. Okay. <laughs> so I usually eat my oats in the office between 10 and 1. <laughs> Mix up your oats with your protein shake. I eat do. them together. I do. That's fine. So, okay, uh, so portions, back to portions. Mm -hmm. What we learned mm -hmm. is your protein needs to be as big as your palm. Mm -hmm. Your vegetables as big as your fist. Mm. And, and your carbs? No, I don't know that. Way. So the carbs was like... So I was taught protein, hand size, carbs, hand size. And yeah, that's fine if your body fat is moderately low. Like a palm, like a whole hand, yeah. Not mm. my fingers because I have long fingers. <laughs> <laughs> that's appropriate Damn. for you. Um, so what I say with people who are trying to lose weight is double your protein, half your carbs, and decorate with veggies. With your greens, sorry, with your greens. Okay, greens being salad, avocado, cucumber. Yeah. Speak to us about tomatoes, good or bad. I know that it contains lycopene, which, mm. you know, it, if it's cooked, yes. tomato, yes. It's, it's, it's healthy for your prostate yeah. um, because you don't really absorb uncooked That's it. So lycopene. The lycopene doesn't even break through the cell. It unless lycopene. It's, 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 um, the red color, the, it's basically. A, it's a phytonutrient that is good for your brain, good for your heart, okay. good for so many different systems, but it doesn't even get absorbed by the body unless that… In the raw form. In the raw form. Same with carrots. So your beta carotene and your vitamin A doesn't release from that, that very hard cell in the carrots unless yeah. you cook it. So okay. eating raw carrots, thinking you're doing… It's like, it's fine. nothing wrong. But you're not getting any I nutritional benefits. I can tell benefits. you that you eat enough, you go orange. You do. <laughs> um, I, I, Elise, I don't know whether you guys did this. When I was still in academia… Um, specializing, I always walked around with one of these little packets of Woolies Carrot. um, carrots. carrots. Oh, oh. And I, I created sweet, a, a, that, a that fad because all the other registrars and consultants started eating this. And we all had this orange. beautiful orange hue about us. <laughs> um, Nikki, we have to wrap one question, up. One question, one question. High fiber, low fiber? Depends on your gut. Okay, so fiber has been blown out of the answer I want it. Yeah. So high fiber, no. Diversity of fiber, yes. We need variety for different kinds of bacteria to grow in the gut. Not necessarily volumes of it, more variety of fiber. So people that's adding this fiber to their breakfast. No, not necessary. No. So on fiber, people forget that avocado is the, the highest food fiber group food. with the highest fiber. Yes. You won't think it because... You know, but it does. It's does it matter the the type of avocado, butter avocado? Doesn't matter. No, doesn't no. matter. No, no. Um, the one thing that um, your psyllium husk and stuff like that, mm. it's fiber, mm. but it's not a 
digestible fiber. Yeah. So you've got digestible and indigestible. You've got hygroscopic fiber that pulls, pulls water, water and creates bulk so that it moves through the and guts. And this is your cilium yeah. and stuff like that. This is what we we can use for people with constipation. It's a natural one. It's yeah. not your Senecots and stuff like that. Exactly. But it does irritate some people's stomachs. Yeah, just be careful. does mine. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was told with my diverticulosis that I need to increase fiber, but I can't eat it. I have to ingest it through something like um, yeah. uh, psyllium, et cetera, et cetera, thing. and it actually made stuff So, again, worse. general dietary guidelines, eat more fiber. People go get a fiber, like a psyllium husk, and they're in pain, and they are feeling terrible, and they've got brain fog because it's not just about the fiber. There's so many more um, – it's nuanced to this. It's okay. not just a general rule. Okay, so we really need to wrap up. Um, in to wrap up, basically, double your protein, mm. half your carbohydrates mm. in every and, meal. Try and get more whole food. In other words, if you can see how it was raised or grown in its original form, that's what you should try and eat, mm-hmm. and. You know what, the the biggest thing out of this is if you want to embark on this journey, Mm. set your goals, exercise, sleep, Mm. and grow your own food. Manage your stress. Manage stress, thanks, Sister. It's a long game. This is not a short game. Yeah. This is a long game. It's for life. Perfect. What What are we talking about next week? I can't remember. What's the date next week? <laughs> mm, the twenty fifth. Is it the twenty fifth? We have a show. I don't know. <laughs> okay, next week we'll be back with a show. Um, it's something interesting. I can't remember. Oh, it's sleep. Is it next? Sleep? Oh yes, of course it's sleep. Next week um, we will be joined by Dr. Alison Bentley. She's a sleep specialist. Um, most of you would have read an article or two um, of hers on News 24 and in some publications. And Alison's going to come and talk to us about the importance of getting good quality of sleep, um, the signs and symptoms that we are not sleeping properly and some of the things that we can do to improve sleep. So that's going to be a very interesting show. It's something that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Until next week, we wish you all the best in health. That was the Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Tea Clinic.